So exciting. Who knows our theme for this year? What's our theme? Year of harvest. Praise God. Isn't that amazing how the Lord just by His Spirit orchestrates the service? I just love that because I didn't know what Ruth was going to bring and I don't think she knew what uh, Reuben was going to bring. And Ruth's talking about the Lord who gave everything and then Reuben's talking about this woman that gave all her life savings. Maybe, maybe there's something in this. Maybe the Lord's right here. Not a maybe, but He is. And He's actually wanting to speak to us this morning about this year of harvest. And I think he's going to be calling on you and, and drawing on your heartstrings. Because I think he, he wants you to stand up and give all yourself. You know, in Macedonia, they gave first of their own selves to the Lord. He's more interested in you than what you have in your heart. The Lord wants to do, relationship, uh, do life with you. He's a relational God. There was this young woman and she wanted to go to university. <clears throat> and so she was filling out the application form but then she came to this uh, question that asked, are you a leader? Now, this woman was a very honest woman. She was very conscientious. So her heart sunk as she put down in the box. She put no. But she sent the application in anyway. And then she got a letter back from the university, and it says, uh, Dear applicant, a study of the application forms reveal that this year our college or our university will have 1,452 new leaders. We are accepting you because we feel it is imperative or it is important that they have at least one follower. <laughs> and I thought that was just so sweet. I think God, the Lord, is here this morning. I know he is. And he's speaking to us. And he's looking to us to follow him. You know, in the last month, in the last month, we've been speaking about new that's been the theme. We've had a new man. We've had the new uh, creation, new season, new song, new commandment. The last five weeks, it's been great doing series. Who likes series in the church? Yeah, I do. I love it. Gives us a sense of direction. But this month, we're talking about Christianity 101, back to the basics. And our theme today under that is in the, it's in the form of a question. What is a disciple? What is a disciple? I'm not asking what a Christian is, because it's easy to say I'm a Christian. I want to know what a disciple is. And I think Jesus is wanting us, wanting to speak to us this morning. Wants to speak to you. Let's not just say us. Let's just bring it a little bit closer to home. It's speaking to you, to me. Yes? And he says, uh, I'm just going to read before I get into the message, in Matthew uh, 28, verse 19 and 20, Jesus said to the disciples before he went back to heaven, didn't he? He said, go therefore and make disciples. See, the question today is, what is a disciple? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is a great commission. It says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, or behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. I just love the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the King of glory. I love his presence here on a Sunday morning. We meet with him. He did say, where he said, I'm with you always. We just read that. But he said, I'd never leave you nor forsake you. And then he said, we're two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. And he's right here. We don't ask him to come because he's always faithful to his promise. But we acknowledge his presence. And we're excited because we love the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We love following Him. But it's important to know what a disciple is. Someone would say if asked, a disciple is someone who's born again. Well, we would hope so. A disciple is someone who follows the Lord Jesus. Well, we would hope they would follow Jesus. Maybe a disciple is someone who tells others about God or, or, or a disciple who is someone who makes disciples. And all those things are great. I want to go back to the very beginning and I want to just hang the sermon today, the service today, the message today on a very simple, simple phrase really, a simple verse, something I learned in Sunday school many years ago. And it was Jesus. He's walking, walking along the Sea of Galilee one day and there's Andrew. Good on you, bro. That's him. That's Andrew. Andrew was there. And his brother Peter. Simon Peter. <clears throat> and they were throwing out the net, fishing. Now, I don't know what they were thinking that day. I don't know if they were very successful. I like, I'm probably looking at this, I was thinking, I, I, they probably didn't even catch anything that day. You know, and they're probably thinking, these jolly, smelly fish. I'm just fed up with these stinky, smelly fish. We have to gut them, we've got to fillet them, we've got to sell them in the market, and then they go off because no one buys them. And eh, eh. So... Like, I don't know. I don't know where they were at. I don't know where you were at this morning. Maybe you're dis disillusioned with your life, with your lot in this world, your, your, what you're doing. Maybe you're thinking there's more than this, surely, even with Christianity. I'll tell you what, you'll be disillusioned with it if you're living just from here. But I don't know. But at any rate, Jesus is walking along and he said, let's read that. What does he say? He said to them, he sees them there. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We need to learn that. You know, the last few days I've been teaching that to Evangeline, my daughter, when we get up and I was just reminding her a few times. Yesterday she said it about 15 times. Repetition's good. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What is a disciple? You know, I believe that here this morning is no different to the day long ago. The Lord is present with us, the Lord of glory. You might not see him with your natural eyes, but he's here. Andrew connects with him. Andrew said, when I said Andrew, he said, that's me. He was connecting with him, you see. And I believe he's here and he's challenging us today. And, he's, and we can take this, this question today just right from the Lord's lips himself. And he's saying, follow me. Follow me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Our theme is a year of harvest, and I don't think we're going to wait in four, four months the harvest is going to be ripe. I think the, the fields are ripe now. We were praying this morning that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into the harvest. I read that verse with the prayer team here this morning. I hope you were here at the prayer time at 20 past nine here this morning, were you? Because you would have picked up on that theme this morning because God was already moving and bringing before us what he wanted us to pray about, just like he's moving through Ruth, through Reuben, through the message today. Praise God. But I believe, I believe Jesus is saying to us, he says, come on, it's time to take some time out. You might be disgruntled with life and your lot in this world, but he says, come on, let's go fishing. 
Let's go fishing. Who likes going fishing? Once a year at work, I, I, I charter a launch and I take out all the workers just as a thank you thing, pay them for the day, and we go off fishing for nine hours. Take off from Pai here, we're going to get kingfish. And I'll tell you what, we get some pretty big kingfish. It's a lot of fun because they've got to be 75 centimetres long even just to keep them. So we usually get, you know, 15 keepers or more. And that's the ones the sharks don't get and we don't have to throw back. But he's saying to us this morning, come on, guys. It's all very well having a theme about a harvest, but we've got to go fishing. And who's going to come with me fishing? Okay. Who's going to come? I hope you're all in here, like that woman or uh, like Jesus was, the good Samaritan. I hope you're all in here. You're not just half-hearted here. You're not just wanting Jesus to be an add-on to the same old, same old in your life today. I'm not trying to insult you here, but come on, I, I, I believe that you're all in. Jesus wants people that are all in here. You're not just coming along here for what you can get. You're coming to go fishing with the Master, the Lord of glory. And the first thing I want to see from this little verse, and I hope you're going to remember this and memorize it, because I think this is a good foundational verse for our year and for discipleship and understanding what is a disciple. And the first thing I want to see is that first phrase, what Jesus said is, follow me. Follow me. It's an invitation to you this morning, my brother and sister. My friend here this morning, if you've never heard the call of God, it's an invitation to you where you sit in your seat this morning. It's an invitation. Follow me. You see, he's, I know when people first hear the call, it's usually they respond in their head. But that's all right. That's a good place to start. That's a good place to start. There is the fact that he does touch our hearts as well. But a lot of people are still living from the headspace. But Jesus has given them an invitation. And he's saying, follow me. He's not asking you to add him on to your life. I know that some here would rather that Jesus would follow them. He's not wanting to be a, a, a pop-up in your life every once a day or once a week whenever you need him. He's not wanting to be just some attachment or some cling-on thing. No, no, no. He wants you to follow him. That's very, very simple. To me, this is just back to the basics. He wants you to follow him. He doesn't want you dragging him all around the place while you're trying to find what you should do in life, what your vocation should be, and he's just tagging on somewhere back in the distance. It's a bit like that when we go down the road at 100 kilometers, uh, 120 in the car because the angels only go, no, no, just joking. <laughs> it's not quite like that. But Jesus is calling to you. He wants you to follow him. Don't take me serious on everything I say. But he does, I am serious when he's saying, follow me. See, a disciple follows Jesus. Jesus is the one that leads. We follow. When you come to Jesus, you accept that he is the Lord and he is the master of your life. Otherwise, you just go through a routine of saying a prayer or something and you carry on doing what you always did. When I was out there in the world and I came to Christ, I left off what I was doing. I came and I followed Jesus. I was all in with Him. All in. My life changed. My language changed. The people I mixed with changed. A disciple is one who follows Jesus. We started off with that question, what is a disciple? And I want you to repeat after me. A disciple is one who follows Jesus. 
You're getting it. You're getting it. That is good. He leads, we follow. John 12, verse 26 says, Jesus is speaking again. He says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be. Not where he is, I'll be. I'll be following him. No, Jesus said, no, no, you're following me. Let's get this right. Follow me. Very, very simple. Very simple. A Christian or a disciple, sorry, is one who knows Jesus and follows Jesus. They used to live their life for self. They used to be ruled by self. They they used to lean to their own understanding. But now they've made Jesus Lord of their lives. A disciple is one who is following Jesus. And uh, in all their ways, they acknowledge him and he just directs their path because they're following him. Is that you this morning? Or you're still lost in yourself. Are you still self-centered? And not Christ-centered? I don't know. It's a challenge. Jesus wants you to follow him this morning. I was totally disillusioned with the world. Of course, I had the privilege of being brought up in a Christian family. But then I rebelled when I was about 17, or even before that. But totally rebelled against my parents and that. And I went out into the world because I thought that was where happiness was found and, and, and all that the world had to offer. It looked really glossy and really good. But at the end of three or four years, I was left washed up and disillusioned. I'd gone in for the pleasures of this world, but I found it was only lies, that it didn't bring lasting satisfaction. I was a very selfish person. It was all about me. And, but Jesus found me in all my need, and he connected like that... Good Samaritan with the one who was left washed up, wounded, laying half dead, and I heard his voice, come, follow me. What about you? What about you? Have you heard the voice of the Savior? I think it's no accident that you're here this morning. There's a reason why you're here this morning. Have you heard the voice of Jesus saying, come, follow me? John 14 verse 23 says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. My Father will love them, and I will come to them and make, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. It'll be all about them. It won't be about loving one another with sacrificial love. It won't be all about just coming constantly every Sunday morning to be where Jesus has promised his presence. We'll just come when we feel like it, spasmodically. It won't be, I won't be living a sacrificial life for the good of the whole body of Christ, but it'll all be about what I can get just to sustain me and keep me through. No, Jesus says, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings, but he said, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. And you know, when Jesus comes and says, follow me, he never tells us the road he doesn't get a map out and just show us the road and exactly every trial and every, every area of life he's going to take us through. It's actually quite an exciting journey. And there are trials and there are tribulations in life, but it's how he grows us and how he develops us and how he teaches us. He teaches us that he loves us and that he's faithful to us no matter what we go through. He never promised the road would be easy. In Matthew 16, verse 24, it says, 
Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's that word again, follow me. For whoever desires to save his life, if it's all about you, if you want to save your life and make it all about you, you'll lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will you, a man give in exchange for his soul? So Jesus replaces the lies of this world and of the selfish heart. He replaces them with himself. He is the word. He is the way. He is the truth. He's the life. He is the light of the world. He replaces the foolishness that is in our lives with his wisdom. As we follow him, we'll be living in relationship with him. We'll be reading his word. But needless to say, if I look back after my walk with the Lord, and it's just coming up 30 years, I've been walking with the Lord. Those first few years, 10, 15 years, a lot of it was in the head. And you might be in that space, but God wants you to take you to the next stage. He wants you to follow him right through. So that is the first thing he says, follow me. It's an, it's, a, it's an invitation. It's an invitation. A disciple follows Jesus. The second thing he says in that verse, he says, and I will make you. I will make you. You know, when we live in the headspace, we think we've got to juggle everything. This is our head. This is ruling my life. I've got to sort everything out. If I don't do this, it's going to be disaster. And we try and work it out. And we've got all the reasons why we do what we do. And we think we've got, to make, we've got to try and be a good Christian. But he doesn't say that. He's actually talked. He says, you follow me. You walk through life in relationship with me. And I will change you. I will guarantee that you will be changed if you walk through life with me. You won't be the same person that you were 30 years ago. You, 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 you cannot be the same. I'm actually the dominant one in the relationship. I am Lord of all. I am the King of kings and Lord of lords. But I'm inviting you to come and walk with me in relationship. And I will make you fishers of men. We're going to go fishing. There's a harvest out there and we're going to go fishing. And I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And here they are thinking, well, we're not catching anything. Mate, I want to be in. I'm all in. Are you all in this morning? Come on. There's a harvest out there. I'm all in. Peter and Andrew, they're all in. They left their nets. That's it. We're off. Shoot the breeze. Come on, Jesus. Let's go. It's a good word right there. A disciple is one who is changed by Jesus. Come on, repeat after me. A disciple is one. You've already got it, see? A disciple is one who is changed by Jesus. Absolutely. Well, what a relief. I don't have to spend a whole lot of work trying to change myself. He is, I'm walking with him. He, his yoke's easy, his burden's light. The way might not be easy, but guess what? When it all gets rocky, I'm sort of clinging pretty hard to him. He's our rock and our fortress. And I'm building my life on him and in him. And I'm abiding in him because I tell you what, there are some thieves and robbers out there who will leave me laying by the roadside half dead. But I'm all in with Jesus. Come on. That's a good word. All in. So 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, And we all, 
with unveiled faces. When a woman used to get married, they used to have a veil, remember? Then they lift the veil and you want to kiss the bride or whatever. I'm not sure how it used to work, but something like that. <laughs> but the veil that we're talking about here is really the, our flesh, our self-centeredness. And once we hear the voice of Jesus, follow me, and we leave self and self-will behind, the veil of flesh and selfish ways are left behind in the world. And that's why it says, and, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the, glory, uh, the Lord's glory, we're looking at Him now, not at self. We're contemplating His glory. We do that this morning when we're praising. Mate, that's why we're so ecstatic. That's why we're so overjoyed, worshipping and praising in spirit and in truth, because our faces are unveiled. The flesh is gone. We're being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Come on. Glory. We're getting changed. We're doing life. I like the ad there that we had for life groups. We're doing life with Jesus. We're living and walking in relationship with Him. We're beholding His glory. Praise His name. I love it when I do life with Jesus. I love walking through life with Jesus. Sometimes, I did, way back in the early years, it was hard to hear his voice, I must admit. But he'd come in every now and then. I'd hear loudly and clearly. And sometimes I'd get down to rock bottom, but then I'd be listening and I'd hear the voice of Jesus. But I've learned to hear his voice more readily today. And he speaks to me. He doesn't just keep silence. He speaks through his word. Primarily, that's why I love to read the Word of God. That's why I quote so much Scripture, because it's His Word, and as I get that in me, I've got Christ in me. It's relationship with Him. I've got to find out all about Him, bring Him into my circumstances. It, it, he speaks to me through His Spirit. I love the things of the Spirit and that well of living water within. He speaks to me through creation. Just this last week, I was thinking about the issues we're going through in the business, and the intricacies of it. And I was driving up the road, and open communication with the Lord. Suddenly, I see this formation in the clouds. I've never seen it quite like this. I've seen many little lines in the clouds, you know, when you get a still day and the clouds waft across. There was an intricate little design in the clouds about yay big. It was bigger up there, of course. But down here, it was only about this big. <laughs> But the lines were so close together, I've never seen so much detail before. And God spoke to me through that and said, I've got the detail of what you're going through. I've got your back. Don't worry about it. And, I, and the peace of God that passes all understanding keeps our hearts and our minds stayed on Him. I'm walking through life in relationship with the Lord, and I just love to hear His voice. And He speaks in so many ways. Sometimes He speaks through my children and through my wife. Often does. Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, I think some people get it wrong when they think that before they come to Jesus, they've got to clean up their life. He says, I will make you fishers of men. Just come as you are. And, and, and Peter, Peter and Andrew, Andrew and Peter, they got, it, they got it right. They just left the nets. No, we don't. Shall we bring the net? No, you don't need any of that. Leave it all behind. Just follow Jesus. He'll, he's, got, he's got it all sorted. We get discouraged when we hear the invitation because we think we fail. What can I do? What can I add? I hear the voice saying, follow me, but 
I'm not very good. It's not about you. It never was about you. It was always about him. That's why it's good news. If it was about you, it'd be bad news. Come on. Come on. Jesus, God said of Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You don't need to add or take away from that. Just, just, just be happy with him. Some people think that God's covered our sins to the point we get saved and after that we've got to walk on a tightrope and be very, very careful that we don't sin. He's got it all covered. Past, present and future. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. I love that really big long word called all. All sin. It's a big word. It's a big word. Praise his name. <laughs> you see, when you look at the disciples, they were often rude. They were selfish. They wanted one to sit on one side of Jesus and one on the other one in his kingdom. They, they, they were always coming up with all sorts, you know. They, didn't, they were clueless sometimes. Sometimes they were very immature. Deja vu. You know, praise God. He can, he can take that. He can deal with that. He says, I will make you fishers of men. Just come as you are. Don't worry about it. He's got your back. He's got it covered. Your sins have been dealt with at the cross. Even the selfish person you are has been dealt with in the death of Christ. And, and we just can't wait if you don't know Jesus and you've got to receive him. And I, I hope you will receive him this morning if you never have done. We just can't wait to take you out and baptize you so that you, we can help you bury the old self-life so that you'll be all in. And that you'll follow Jesus for the rest of your days. And don't think about that selfish, self-centered person that will hold you back. Some people think, well, I'm not a spiritual giant. And it doesn't matter. David killed Goliath. He was a shepherd boy. God used him, not someone that was in the SAS to take out Goliath. He used David. Come on, doesn't matter. He's after you. If you only think you're small and worthless, that's what you're your prime target this morning for Jesus. He's going to say, you've only been hanging around those smelly fish. If that's you, you're coming with me. We're going fishing, but it's a different sort of fishing. You're like my fishing, he's saying. He didn't choose them because of their ability or their potential. He knew the potential of himself as a true follower of Almighty God the one who not only did any sin, but couldn't sin, always did the things that pleased the Father, and he thinks, well, I can show you how it's done. You come with me. Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you're not the vine. It's like a kiwi fruit vine, when you cut off, uh, you cut off the uh, gold kiwi fruit and you take it back to green, or cut off green and then put it into gold, or a, mod, a, a new form of kiwi fruit they have these days, and you graft it in. He's the rootstock and the trunk. He says, what does he say? I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in them bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Just remember that. Without him you can do nothing. Don't go off trying to take him with you in some other direction because it's going to amount to nothing. Nothing. I think, that, say that this morning with me. Nothing. That's right. We don't want nothing. We want to replace that with something. Galatians 5, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit... So here we are walking in relationship with the Lord Jesus. He is turning us into a, a real good fisher of men. And it says the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's long-suffering. 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Well, if we're walking with Jesus, we'll see how faithful he is. Gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And when there's no law, there's no condemnation. Because now we're walking with Jesus. We've heard the call, follow me, and we're walking in relationship with him. Walking in relationship with him. So a discipleship is not just a transfer of information leading to behavior modification. That's important. Discipleship is doing life with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're going to do life with Jesus and he wants us to make disciples, he's giving us a model that we should follow. So if we're going to make a disciple, we've got to do life with somebody else. You see? It involves transformation at the deepest level of our understanding and the affections, the inner affections of our heart. So he says, come, so head, follow me. He says, I will make you fishers of men. There will be a transformation place going on as we walk in relationship, heart to heart, with our Lord Jesus Christ. The third thing, he says, fishers of men. I know Steve's uh, getting ready there. Just give me another five minutes. We're going to wrap this up. Fishers of men, there's the response. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. There's action happening here. There's a response. It culminates in a response. So our acceptance of Jesus begins in the head. It extends to the heart and leads to a, a change in what we do with our hands and with our feet. And where we go and what we do. Praise God. Jesus saves us. He calls us and saves us with a purpose. Jesus is on a mission. God's on a mission in this world. And he wants us to go on mission with him. Because he's taking us fishing. And he's taking us fishing for men. Men, women, boys and girls in this world. And he's going to show it how it's done. And he's going to walk in relationship with us through life. A disciple lives out his purpose. To bring salvation to the world. You see, past a disciple, for a disciple, past passions and things they once followed and got into are not important to them anymore. What's important is following the Lord Jesus. And what's important is the things that the Lord that they follow sees as important. And it's people. It's people. God is a relational God. I respond to Him when I walk in relationship with Him, and He responds to me. And like when we started this church, Evangeline was born on the same day that we had this church, that we started here, the first meeting we had here in this place. And that's just the Lord responding to us, responding to what he was telling us to do and putting his stamp on it. One day I was driving down, the, and I've told you this before, but I love repeating it again. Another way in which he responds to me is I was driving down to come to church one morning. I was speaking, uh, had my message prepared and James was in the passenger seat and I said, I feel that the Lord really wanted me to speak more on the Holy Spirit. And just then a dove flew up within an inch of the window, just very gracefully. James goes, wow. And I said, yeah, that's how God speaks to me. I've never had it happen any other time. At the very split second that that happened, that's how it went down. Another time I shared with you at work just recently when we're discussing with Carmel and another office lady about someone who was going to buy some honey. And I didn't feel right in my spirit. And, and, and uh, 
and they and I was just saying, look, I don't even know if we should be dealing with these people. There was corruption there. And they weren't straight up and honest. And then ding, the phone goes and a verse comes through. My son, don't go with them. I can't quote the verse, but it just said exactly that. Carmel goes, wow, she remembers, don't you? See? And I answered, wow, you know? Right at that split second. And so he, I love it. He's communing with us. He walks with us. It's good to listen to the voice of your master as you walk with him. And so we care about the things that Jesus cares about. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19 and 20 says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That word means restoration. It means divine favor, sort of like atonement, which really the, the high priest and the blood made man at one at one minute word atonement means, making us one, reconciled to God again. And He's given us the word of reconciliation to take out and reconcile man to God. So they're at one with Him and make disciples by doing life with people. Verse 20 says, we therefore, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. Told you that this morning, He's speaking through us. He's speaking to you this morning. He's here. As though God is making an appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He's saying, come, follow me. And I know he's speaking to someone here in the congregation. I'm not asking if you're a Christian. I'm not asking if there's been a time in your life when you've repented and received Jesus as Lord. I want to know, are you a disciple? What is a disciple? Are you a disciple, a disciplined follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you are, you'll be doing life with others. If you are, you'll be making other disciples and be fulfilling the Great Commission. If you're not, life will largely be about yourself. You're saved for a kingdom purpose. Our mission simply isn't to come to church and cram a lot of biblical facts into our heads. That's not what it's all about. We're coming back to the basics today. It isn't about giving money to the, to the church so that the pastor can make disciples. That's not what he's saying here. That's not what it's all about. It's for every disciple, every person to join God on his mission to, to reach the world. And the fields are white out there under harvest. And this is the year of harvest, but it'll take disciples. It won't take Christians who barely have a name to be a Christian and are living from here. They won't change a whole lot. We won't see a lot of multiplication. But God is, the Lord is saying to you, He's drawing near to you as you are taken up with those smelly fish. And He's saying to you, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So the first thing He said, follow me, that was an invitation. Largely that we hear in our head and take on board in the head. The second is, I will make you, that's a transformation. As we journey through life with the Lord Jesus Christ, transformation, it's a lot about the heart. I thank God I'm a different person than I was 30 years ago. Praise God. We walk with Jesus. And then he says, fishes are men, number three, that's a response. Are you out there making disciples? Are you responding in love? Are you obeying Him? Are you walking through life with others and discipling them to Jesus? Praise God, I'm challenging you today. And that's our hands. It goes from the head to the heart and then to the hands. And, and there is a response. 
Disciples are those that respond. They leave the nets. They leave all their self-centeredness and all the stench and all the smell of this world. And they're committed to the Lord, even if it's a big sacrifice, like the widow with the two mites, throwing it all into the treasury. Jesus gave it all. Our leader gave it all. And you want to hold on to something? There's no room for the old self-centered, selfish person in Christ. But if you come to Him, He'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a new life. He won't give you a new start to life. He'll give you a new life to start with. He'll transform you as you walk through life with Him. He'll turn you into a disciple. It's a very simple, simple thing. The goal is not to see people saved from hell and going to heaven. It's not only just that. It's to present people as mature in Christ. Disciple them to the place where they're making another disciple who will make another disciple. And therefore, we fulfill the Great Commission and we have a great harvest. So what is a disciple? The question was in our message today, what is a disciple? A disciple follows Jesus. A disciple is changed by Jesus. And a disciple lives out Christ's purpose to this world to, uh, to save, save people, to bring salvation to the world, to see them discipled as well and become disciplined, disciplined followers of Christ. So God's challenging us. The Lord's challenging us this morning. He's saying to you where you are in your seat, He says, come. He says, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. So the theme this year, a year of harvest. We want to harvest this year. We're not just trying to bring out a fluffy theme like a bunch of nice pretty flowers. We want to harvest. So I'm going to ask you all to stand up this, this morning. Come on. See, it's getting to your hands. I know some of you might be reluctant to stand. Come on. I want to ask you, are you going to come? Because if you come and you'll be reconciled to the mission that Christ was already on. Now, you might already be a disciple, so you will find it no trouble whatsoever when I say come, to come up the front here. If you're a disciple, you won't find any hesitation. You'll be like me. You want to run up here. You want to jump up and down. You want to praise the Lord. But Jesus is saying to you this morning, come, follow me. Yeah, walking, just say this is the Sea of Galilee here. He's walking along and he's saying, and you guys are all there with your fish. And he's saying, come, follow me. Who's going to come? Is that you? We want a year of harvest this year. Making disciples. Are you coming? Come on, I want to see somebody coming up here. I'm not an auctioneer. I'm not going to auction it, but step forward if you're coming to be involved in this year of harvest with the Lord. That's right. Come on, that's good. We have a church who not only lives in their head, but they want to walk in relationship in their heart with the Lord and they want to come and they want to follow Jesus. And he, don't worry, it's not a big issue. It's, you're not going to get your fingers burnt by stepping forward. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. No drama, no drama. I've got your back. But are you all in? Jesus is all in. I'm all in. You're all in, that's good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's sing to Him and let Him do the rest. But let this be a, a stake in the ground today that we're all in to follow Jesus and to make disciples. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I love to hear the song oh, yes. of creation. We love it. The wind Glory and the rhythm of the rain. Oh, Lord. Oh, the thunder speaks of your power. You're my But there's something in the sound of the sea. We're going to have a great harvest this year. I've been washing I can see the road. The fields are white. Glory to God. I'm all in. We're all 
In the trees of the Hallelujah. field they clap their hands But this in the sound of the saints From the lips of those you've saved A redemption song will rise With a sound so full it cracks the sky Oh, oh, we sing hallelujah Oh, oh, we sing amen Hear the sound of the saints as we march on to Zion Sing hallelujah, amen Sing hallelujah, amen I will hear the chorus of the angels Earth and near praise, and I long hear the voice of my Savior, and He hears us the sound of the saints from the lips of those who sing. A redemption song will rise, every tongue, every tribe in the church, your bride. Oh, oh, we sing, Hallelujah! Saints as we march on to Zion sing Hallelujah, Amen. Sing Hallelujah, Amen. Oh, oh, oh. Our hearts will rise, our songs shall be. Jesus Christ, our Savior, King. transform us as we follow you in Corinthians it says and he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again that's us this morning everybody here this morning has rose risen for him to live for him risen in him to live for him and not for themselves this morning from here on thank you father lord we just pray that every heart in here is turned towards you with fresh eyes fixed on you father that allow you to transform and circumcise their heart as they follow you as a true disciplined follower as a disciple of christ we thank you for the word we've received this morning in jesus mighty name and all the saints said amen thank you father yes thank you church feel free to join us for some coffee at the back here afterwards don't run away get to know your brothers and sisters in christ this morning thank you father go and be blessed